0: Hey, folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you're listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. up. All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in the supposed land of crowdfunding, this land that I have imagined and dreamed about, where... It rains money from the clouds and from the internet, right? You just put something on the old uh, the old kickstart and money comes rolling in. Well, that is not exactly how it works, which is why we have this podcast here called Successfully Funded. So I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel. And why do we do this? That is a great question. Uh, we put this episode, or these episodes together, this podcast together, so that we can give information to project creators like maybe possibly yourself. Um, and we've tried to talk to to uh, campaigns while they're in the middle and while they've just become successfully funded so that you are getting the most up-to-date information about what is working, right? Because right now digital marketing changes quite a bit, strategies change, techniques change, new tools come on board, but you, know, you can get lost in all that, and we want to make sure that we're giving you the most up-to-date information. So with that said, what is going on in today's episode? Well, today's episode is, I think, is one of my best. Honestly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toot my own horn here a little bit, um, blow my own skirt up, I might say. Uh, we're gonna be talking to is Cameron Schiller, and Cameron is a, a, I think he's 17, 18, something like that. He's still in high school, and he created a backpack for students, and they funded on Kickstarter. It's called Pravo Design, and it is awesome. It is a design, a, a backpack that really has. It doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles. It just has great functionality and great design and great craftsmanship, and he's doing awesome. So, you know, talking to somebody who's still in high school, um, I, I realized early in the conversation, I was like, boy, I haven't done this um, in a while in terms of like interviewing somebody. So, you know, so I had to kind of find my way a little bit, but it was a great conversation, and I thought it was an insight into, um, you know, into design. And we talk a lot of um, in, in our interview about you know, people kind of missing the mark or designers who are designing products for, for younger uh, a younger generation and how they're just not thinking. And it was awesome. It was a great conversation. So uh, that is coming up. So what else is going on here? Well, uh, it's Thursday here in Detroit, and today's a little bit of a sad day. Uh, we lost Aretha Franklin. And for some reason, I don't know why this one's affecting me uh, so much. I mean, I think it's just it, my news feed's constantly filled with it. Obviously, where my location is, it makes it – well, I mean, Aretha Franklin's voice is obviously – everywhere in the world but you know being in Detroit it's on everybody's mind here and you know you don't man you just take stuff for granted for so long but um you know I'm gonna spend some time and probably show my kids her voice I mean and just listen to it I mean there's so much soul and, and it was funny I was just kind of sitting at Starbucks with my kids today, eating some cookies and even right now I get I'm getting like choked up a little bit and I you know, it's not like I was a gigantic Aretha Franklin fan. I think it's just imagining, you know, that, um, you know, when you lose a legend like that, you, you lose somebody who is so monumental. Um, and, you know, there's uh, her voice is in my grandma's mind. It's in my parents' mind. It's in my mind. It's in my wife's mind. I mean, we can all hear her voice and I think. You know, it's too bad. Um, I think she she lived a pretty good life. I mean, I'm not 100% sure. I'm no historian on it. But it's definitely kind of weighing on me today. Actually, you know what? Speaking of just like weighing on me, man, the last ah, 36 hours or so have just been just an absolute grind. And I don't know if it's because we're getting into dog days of summer and flat out it is like chaos in my house with my kids being home here and... Um, you know, because they're not in school, so they're they're here all the time. And you know, we're getting ready to try to go on another little vacation, little mini vacay next week. But the kids are just constantly at each other. There's, you know, it's raining today. But then yesterday, I had this weird thing happen where. And I'm gonna talk about softball as if it matters, and I know it doesn't matter to a lot of people. But, but yesterday I had this real trouble with like my mind, and uh, um, and I pitch when I play softball. You know, I'm a, uh, I'm a pitcher, so I have the ball in my hands all the time. Um, oh, and by the way, I'm in one of those moments right now where my I've asked my daughter to give me a couple minutes so I can record this, and she's not. So Nevi, could you please go in the other room and let me finish this? Thank no, thank you. Thank you. Oh, Oh, and the brush. Okay, and the brush. Yeah, so one of the things, too, is Recording these podcast intros, it's challenging, um, you know, because I could try to talk a little bit personal, and it's hard to have people kind of in your space when you're you're just trying to almost, it's like writing your journal or blogging while somebody's over your shoulder. Kind of hard to do, right? Um, so I'm hiding in my, my daughter's room right now with my iPad recording this because I just couldn't be in the kitchen sitting next to my wife as she's making dinner and trying to record this intro, so... That might be a little synopsis of like those last few weeks of school here. I cannot wait for school to get here flat out. I gotta get my kids back in school. And, but, you know, but whatever. So, what I was talking about is so, like, last night we had a game and I'm pitching and man, I just. I, I, well, I pulled my right thigh muscle on the very first pitch. Literally, I go and I pitch, and my right thigh muscle just, it feels like it just tears. And the whole time from that point forward, I am a mess. I couldn't find the strike zone. I was throwing the ball high. I was throwing the ball low. I was throwing the ball short. I just could not control my mind. And my mind was just like in this gutter and cloud and just just up absolute bleh, right? Um And I'll tell you, I was doing every strategy imaginable while while I was out there of like, um, you know, I I would, you know, try to meditate a little bit or I would try to take deep breaths. I'd try to focus on the plate. And every time I'd go to pitch, man, my leg would just burn. I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. So today we were supposed to have a game, but luckily it got rained out because I actually need to rest. So, you know, so that – was just a real mind you know mind number last night and then you know then on top of that we have just some internal struggles going on at the agency in terms of moving some people around and, and that's weighing on me and, and you just it's just like man these last 36 hours it's just like a weight and I'm trying to move that through you know it happens it's a part of life you know you, you try not to have too much highs and you try to not have too much lows right that's kind of the I think that's kind of the gist of it right just not too high and not too low so ah Just trying to give you kind of a picture of the landscape around here, but... One of the bright stars though was this interview. I can't stress it enough. I mean, uh, kind of just talking to Cameron and stuff. It's like, um, boy, these are like things that you you feel hopeful for for the next generation. You see how they're they're using social media. He was into robotics, um, so it's just it was a great great conversation. And you know, uh, there's not very many people with successful Kickstarter campaigns, and to talk to somebody who's in their teens still, it was just an honor to to, to kind of meet Cameron and, and just be a part of of his energy and stuff. So. Um, Alright, so a couple things. Let's do a little bit of um, house, house cleaning here. So, if you are a fan of what you're listening to, make sure you go over to iTunes right now and subscribe on, on there. You know, hit the subscribe button and you get these episodes, right? I put them out pretty frequently. Um, it'll get more frequent when I get these kids out of my hair. Whoa. whoa. Um, but then also maybe leave a review. You know, if you like what you're hearing here, leave a review in there. Those are awesome for us. Um, and then what else can you do? Well, you, know, you can go over to the blog section. You can go over there. You can read some of our stuff. And if you're a listener and you're interested in getting a new backpack, obviously go back these campaigns. Maybe become a gawker backer. That is a term we use around here. A gawker backer is somebody who goes and backs a campaign for a low dollar amount just to be a part of the community. Um, so even if you don't need a backpack, go support this project. Be you know, Like I said, be a gawker backer. That is a huge thing as well. So all this stuff sort of helps. It keeps the, you know, the, the, the entrepreneur spirit going. It keeps the energy up. Up and it, you know, it's exciting, man. It's fun to watch these projects come to life, and and I think everybody should should, should try to be a part of it because when they're going and they're popping, it is awesome. So, um, all right, so that is kind of what's going on over here at One Wednesday Way. You know, like I said, we are grinding it out, kind of getting through these last dog days of summer, and uh, and then next week we'll have a, a another interview, and maybe I'll do a little vacationing. I don't know. That's what we got going on. But um, all right. So I, like I said, let's go ahead and kick my conversation with Cameron, and let's talk about design backpacks and how we need to you know if you're going to make a product for uh for kids you got to think like them so it's great great conversation um and uh yeah let's go enjoy that now all right the red light's on this is the all-important time here i hope you're not nervous I'm good. All right, all right, cool. Well, let's start off with a quick sound check. Uh, why don't you tell my listeners what you had for breakfast this morning?
1: Uh, I had a delicious bowl of cereal. Actually, two bowls. Two bowls. Uh, oh, yeah, two not... bowls. I know, I know. I even have to add milk because okay. it's those rice crispy. Uh, it's like those, uh, um, like snap crackle pop. Okay. okay. They, they like mix it together with marshmallows. It's super unhealthy, but yeah,
0: yeah well that's yeah. hilarious because my podcast from earlier today we they, he had some cereal and we had a whole rant about how marshmallows run unhealthy for you so <laughs> oh, but when they're in cereal i mean like lucky charms right if well, you right. mix
1: them in if you mix them in with a whole bunch of oats it it has to be
0: yeah it has yeah. to be good
1: for you it's gotta be it's gotta be yeah,
0: yeah it's marshmallows course. well cool yeah. sounds sounds like uh you're off to a good start there so all right i think we're sounding good so why don't we jump into what you're currently raising money for over on kickstarter
1: okay perfect so uh uh, for for the past year and a half, I've been working on this project. It's the backpack yeah. right back there, and nice. we're designing the best bag in the world for students. Uh, I myself am actually a high school student. I've cool. been so for three years now, going on my fourth. <laughs> and uh, man, they suck. like <laughs> yeah. yeah, they re- yeah. they really suck. like yeah. uh, it, it it took me a couple I, I ran through a couple in one year before I realized it had to change. so, over on Kickstarter, we're launching a campaign for this guy right here. Um, That's sweet. You, you can pick him up for $65 right now, and it completely reinvents the bag.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So so it sounds like this project kind of came from your own, like uh, being annoyed, basically. And I can see why. I mean, I've got a seven year old, and we go through like four backpacks a year because all the superhero ones, I think, are made to disintegrate. I think. The, oh, there's yeah.
1: A, there's like a <laughs> clock is, on it. Like this, yeah. Which is ironic because (laughs) it's it's a super, Super,
0: right? Right, right. right. It's like, I think last year we had, uh, uh, what do we have? Like Iron Man or something. It just just fell apart after, you know, like three months. So um, we actually made, it's funny you mentioned this. So like this year, we actually, we bought real backpacks. We spent the money, you know, a decent chunk of money. We're like, no, you're going to have one backpack this year. So so it sounds like this project for you kind of came out of that same sort of fruition, but what was sort of the first step? I mean, was it just you just went through enough of it and you're like, I got to fix this problem, but walk me through how, how that happened.
1: Oh man. So uh, here's a problem with, uh, here, here's the issue with problems like this, right? And, and what I mean by like a problem like this is that it's so ingrained into society right now that you don't really realize it. You know, as a student, you go to school and you hear, you see everyone's broken bags, you know, like mm-hmm. one out of 10 backpacks at our school, you know, have like a torn strap on it or, or duct tape holding it together. But no one says anything about it because <laughs> it's like, it happens to everyone, you know? Right, right, right. It's, it's not like a, a problem that everyone sees. It's a problem that everyone experiences but no one sees it. So it took us a while to kind of get over that barrier and recognize that it was actually something pretty big. And, uh, I mean, if you take a look at backpacks from 30 years ago, they they really haven't changed that much. And we show a picture of one we found on, uh, on Craigslist, a 30 year old backpack. (laughs) And we took a three day year old backpack that we just went out to the store and bought side by side. Things look identical, you know? So Clearly someone hasn't like, it's, it's been a while since someone's recognized it. So, you know, just, I, I guess we just got lucky. I mean, at the right time, like my bag broke at the exact same time that my friend came up to me and I was like, man, these bags really suck. Right. You know? And so, it just kind of hit. And I was like, that's it.
0: That's it. Well, well, what, what's the first step out of that? I mean, I, I deal with a lot of stuff that's annoying, but I don't think uh, I'll go ahead and make my own. So <laughs> what did you guys do to like get the process started? And okay. To get the it, it, off
1: the ground? Really interesting. Yeah. Um, one, you're right. When most people see a problem, they're just like, okay, you know, I'll,
0: buy, I'll, I'll go on Amazon. I'll buy something else. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So,
1: um, you know, we did that. We went on Amazon, and I went and I found a whole bunch of really good bags. But you know, all the really nice bags are designed for like photographers, mm-hmm. uh, skiers, um, businessmen, or cyclists. Like, there's a there's massive followings for all those groups. But the truth is, is the majority of backpacks are sold to students, <laughs> and you know, all the student backpacks are really junk. So when we went online, we kind of saw that. And I've always been a maker. Like, um, ever since I was a kid, I'd, I'm, I loved making stuff with my hands. I've done competitive robotics for the past five years. So I really like taking stuff and putting it together. Um, so, you know, when it came down to this problem and when I went online and I was like, there's there's nothing here, um, I I just jumped in and got my hands on it. <laughs> and like I said, I, I, I have no, like... Two years ago, no clue how to sew. I I couldn't even name fabrics. I have no like okay whatever. This is just like you know. Now I can name this fabric, this like stitching pattern, all that. And that's because I just jumped into it. I made them out of cardboard first. You can see some prototype pictures we have um, because that's what I knew how to work with. I like doing paper mache. So I, me and my business partner went out and we just started to. We went to route. Went to Michael's, which is just a store near here. They sell cardstock cut it all together, you know, made the dimensions kind of look right. Mm-hmm. And then t- slowly turned it into what you see today. And that's just through self-learning. Like, man, hundreds awesome. of YouTube videos watched. <laughs> um, we kind of, fo- we like baited our school, our school sewing teacher into like, n- we didn't have to take sewing classes, but we'd go in during our lunch periods and, you know, run stuff through the sewing <laughs> machines, break a few. Right, we'd right. Bro- Plenty of needles, but yeah. hey, you know, you put your head to something and we know how to sew now.
0: Well, that's awesome. What was sort of like, what were some of the major elements that you wanted to fix though? Was it just durability? Was it pockets in it? Was it portability? What What were you trying um, to kind of go after in those early prototypes where you were like, man, I, this is what I want to fix?
1: So good, really good question. There's, there's a lot wrong with the bag. But, you know one that we bring up a lot is durability, obviously. It's very clear that a lot of these student backpacks are just made with um, maximizing profit margins in mind, you know mm-hmm. where companies go out and they just try to use the cheapest materials. That's a little bit easier to solve. Um, the harder parts to solve are like the functions, how many pockets people want and all that. So um, we had a few ideas ourselves because we are students. Um, but we really took this into, uh, the community's hands and we pulled thousands of students, um, you know, everyone at our school, all of our friends, our friends at other schools. And we just got a huge list of like, Hey, do you want a solar panel, you know, on the bag? Do you, you know, do you want a portable charger on the bag? Well, what really matters to you the most? And it turns out, um, what matters to people the most is just like getting to your books and stuff as fast as possible. <laughs> and we we saw this because we're in a really unique position here um, we're in the best environment for this product for this problem every day you know I have eight classes a day I walk in a class I see a herd of twenty people packing stuff into their books leaving and then I see another herd of 20 unpacking their stuff and putting <laughs> them on the tables so I go through this cycle of uh, you know these interactions with a bag eight eight times a day and you know I can see where bags get snagged on books right. you know. Um and, and stuff like that. So we circling back, we really wanted to make the interactions with the bag as quick as possible. Hence, why you get the side opening technology on the way to school. You can ju- or on the way to class, you can just open it up and toss books in, mm-hmm. take books out. Um, the this guy right here. This pencil case, it comes out just like that, Mm. you know, half a second. There's no zipper on the top that you have to open up and then lift books out of the way and stuff this in. It's simple. It's one Mm. magnet. It slips right in and it slips right out. So when the bell rings, When class is done, it's just like you slip it right in and click it out, and you're out of the classroom before your friends.
0: That's interesting. So we've worked with—I mean, I worked quite a few clients who have done what you've done in terms of like asking people, right? Like getting as much feedback as possible. You mentioned like the solar panel. Was it hard not to make this the most teched out, coolest thing on the planet because you wanted to apply everything to it and actually just listen to function? I mean, I, I find so many people just falter on that and you know they've got 25 things on it and none of them it doesn't actually do anything really well you know jeff you're
1: uh, you're talking to a big time (laughs) nerd here like (laughs) you have to understand like i i i love soldering you know like i said i love robotics like i i know how to code code in like a bunch of language like i spend my life around technology so if there's anyone better suited for putting technology in a back in a student backpack it's probably a student that really knows a lot about technology. <laughs> right. And the truth is is like it's a good idea, you know putting a charger in the bag It's like, okay, you want to charge your laptop or your phone till so you really get into the intricacies of it and you understand how much heavier it makes the bag right and um, how much more you have to spend on each bag to waterproof the pockets to make sure that the batteries don't uh, don't react with water. Um, so it, you know in terms of like a student's budget, and in terms of just the practicality of the bag, it doesn't really make much sense. If you want a battery charger, you know, go out and buy a battery charger. We have a pocket for it; you can put it in there. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to charge every single student twenty bucks more just to buy our own, you know, battery and chuck it in right. there. So you just really you talk to a lot of people, you do a ton of research, and you make a ton of prototypes. Um, and you know, yeah, uh, enough prototypes later, you learn that. You know, sometimes solar panels don't belong on backpacks, for <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So, uh,
0: so how long how long was this process? You it was it two years you've been working on this?
1: Uh, oh, man. Uh, so I think a year and a half, like a half officially of since day one, where we like started. But it, it was a couple months before that where we just started gaining some ideas and talking back and forth. So uh, it's been in our minds for two years. But okay. ex- execution-wise, it was a, a year and a half.
0: Gotcha. What, what, was there any sort of moment that was um, like a major roadblock where you just couldn't do something you wanted to do? Did you run into any major snags that you had to pivot from?
1: Um, interesting yeah so the, the biggest thing for us was, uh, and the part of the reason why I took a year and a half was because, like in the end, we're students, both me and my business partner, right like our our full-time job is going to school right. um, and and you know trying to start this thing and do homework and study it's It's a huge juggling act. so you know, we don't have a lot of in income going in, <laughs> so in terms of like initial capital we didn't have a ton of money to spend. So when it came down to like getting someone to actually professionally make a prototype, um, we had to, you know, try to do as much as possible ourselves. Sure. So in terms like, in terms of like spending money, we had to be very careful. So we like, yeah. So we like had to find the right people, like other students, um, that, you know, weren't charging an arm and a leg to design the bag or to draw it up. Mm. A great friend of ours actually used to be on our robotics team, Samantha Ho. She's at Carnegie Mellon right now studying product design. And we are lucky enough to connect with her. Mm. She's the one that drew the whole bag out and she's really into fashion. I yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> I,
0: yeah. I got a t shirt on. I, I did Dude, my job today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't ask me to draw a circle. <laughs> right. right. A, yeah. That's know, funny. How about on the flip side of that? I want to kind of get back to that part just a second here, but just kind of follow up on that question. Was there a moment though where you knew you had something? I mean, is it the first prototype that you had? You got your your hands on it and actually used it. What what was the moment that just really it really connected that you should keep going with this and maybe launch a Kickstarter?
1: Uh, uh, it was the first time we gave our our bag uh, our prototype bags to our friends, <laughs> um, and keep this that bag looked nothing like this, <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> not at all. It was a bag. And the only thing it did was open from the side, you know. <laughs> right. And we're like, "This thing looks like complete crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible." Um, so we gave it to our friends and we're like, "Hey, just try it out. Let me know what you think about opening it up from the side." And you know, two days later, we gave it to a couple friends, a couple people who aren't so fond of us, so right. maybe they're not as biased. And they're like, "They're like, geez, dude, this this is big.' The side That's opening cool. thing's big." Um, you know, especially for lockers, like kids who are dealing with lockers, you have to imagine. I'm not sure. It's probably been a couple years, a years. <laughs> you've,
0: <laughs> a <laughs> since you've dealt with the locker. Just a couple,
1: yeah. You know, um, but it's it sucks. Like yeah. when you open up the locker and you're taking the books out and you have to lay your bag on the floor. But if you have like a top locker, it's annoying because the person below you gets mm-hmm. yeah. So okay. you know, we we really learned we had something when we gave the first prototypes to our friends and we got the feedback.
0: That's cool. So I want to go back to that last question because you were talking about a couple of things I think are are really important. Um, And you might not realize this, but but you were hitting on a couple of things there of, of, you know, sometimes the best ideas come from or the best CEOs or the best product designers come from actually having limitations. How much did you feel like that actually helped by you actually having to do some of these things, making the prototypes, getting cardboard or just, you know, because you were so into it, you kind of got to see the full thing of it. Do you think that that really had a major impact on it and how you can see even moving forward and it, products down the road and that sort of stuff?
1: That's really interesting. Um, totally. I mean, yes, uh, the, the limitation of, you know, the economic aspect, the limitation there, like I said, caused us to learn how to backpack. Mm-hmm. And as a result, absolutely. Like I know exactly how this backpack's made. Like right. I know the exact materials, stitching methods, zippers, Uh, manufacturing methods all because I did my due diligence and research. And because of, you know, we we couldn't afford for someone else to make Mm -hmm. the decisions, someone who knew better.
0: I I can't stress enough how many times we've had people who can obviously hire us, give us big retainers, all that sort of stuff, but actually don't really know their product. (laughs) Like they're just like, they don't really know it or they can't truly imagine how it actually works in the real world. So yeah, it's a good idea. You, You can say that, but to really know how it works, I think that only comes from, um, sometimes just getting your hands really, really dirty um, or having limitations. Uh, I come from the old songwriting world um, and the best songs come out of when we give restrictions on people, especially with technology and you can have access to every song, every sound imaginable on your computer, you, you know, you can't actually stop and create something. So I think it's a really intriguing thing that that you hit on um, uh, and might not even realize how important it is. It's, it's very intriguing. So uh, with that said, I want to move on a little bit over to um, just kind of, how you stay you know, organized while running a Kickstarter campaign, going to school. What are some of the tips and techniques you're doing right now to just stay, stay on point, answering comments, emails, oh, taking, taking requests uh, from guys like me saying, Hey, let's talk on a podcast.
1: You no, know? I appreciate you it. Was, it was great. Yeah. But they're, they're, you're right. I mean, you said it yourself, like you, you know how many emails creators like us get. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. It's <laughs> just a lot of grit. Like, honestly, like not a lot of sleep, a lot of grit, and uh, just find some really great people. The the partner that I'm working with right right now just has his head down. It's summer for us right now, thank mm-hmm. God, um, and uh, like the majority of our works in the summer, which is good. We're not dealing with school, um, but when school starts back up, and they're the last few days of Kickstarter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, all I can say is probably trade some A's for some bags. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. At some point, you only have so many hours in a day, and you sure. have to choose whether to, you know, answer some comments or study an extra hour for the test. Right, right. Um, you just have to make those decisions. But of I, I'm really happy with it. There's a there's a quote. I believe Mark Twain said it. Uh, my uh, my partner told me this, <laughs> but he said, uh, "I never let my schooling interfere with my education." <laughs> And I one. whole I wholeheartedly believe that, yeah, like com- yeah. completely, like the amount of stuff I've learned with this project is just amazing. Uh, yeah. half, half the reason why we did this project is just so that we could kind of learn about business as a whole.
0: Yeah, um, yeah there's no better know? way. There's no yeah. better way than what you've done here to like f- prepare yourself for marketing techniques, how to interview, how to present yourself, uh, getting your hands dirty whatever it might be making decisions, right? Like I'll, we, you know, if we only have X amount, we got to do this instead of this. I mean, there's no better way than, uh, than doing it this way. So, uh, it is the best education. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, so are you doing, um, so it, but well back on the sort of staying organized. Cause I, this is, again, we try to talk about things that I've seen sh- other project creators struggling with. Are there any tools that you're using to just to stay focused? Is there any like to do list apps or anything in your kind of day-to-day life that keeps you organized? Yeah so
1: uh, a really good website I'm sure you know of it kick track mm-hmm. um, it's really good for like the actual telemetry of how our our uh, campaign is going right now um, that that's really good there are just product management tools um, just between Jonathan and I Dropbox is really good Google Drive we keep everything on the drive mm-hmm. um, we're fairly organized um, that's just kind of the nature of how how Jonathan and I have been. Yeah. Um, but it's just like really keeping it in touch and stuff.
0: How did you, what was the kind of the process behind, you know, either having, finding a partner, like I think Jonathan, you said his name, um, or, you know, kind of seeking out other people who could, what was her name? Samantha, I think you said, right. Who, uh, who, who could help with design, you know, how did you sort of get to those points where you're like, you know what, we need to bring somebody else on or, or outsource this to, to get to here.
1: Okay. Well, the drawing one was simple. <laughs> just have to let, you know, I, I might, eh, you know, I, I can criticize myself pretty hard on my drawing. So <laughs> that was easy. I was yeah. like, there's no way I can draw this thing, you know? So like Sam was easy. It's like, we need a draw. Um, Jonathan, this whole thing just came up with Jonathan at the same time. He co-founded it with me and uh, he's great. He's just on my robotics team. We um, did super well together with the, the just work environment between us has always been really good. Um, so that was kind of a no-brainer. Both of us are super hard workers. Um, and more, m- you know, most importantly, both of us are willing to dedicate, you know, <laughs> our the last years of high school to this project. You're not gonna right. find many students that are willing to drop everything and work on a Kickstarter at sure. age 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like uh it's just the point where like, we had someone prototype the bag for us. Um, and that got to the point where we realized like, Hey, we, we can learn about like 90% of sewing in three months, Mm -hmm. but the last 10% that perfects a bag, I mean like 90%, like, you know, how to put like this and this together, you know, Mm -hmm. but how to make it like curl nicely and put a tape line between it. You know, we were able to strike up a, a good deal with someone and just be able to pay for something that, uh, someone else could do for us. So anytime we like had the funding for it, it seemed reasonable and we knew it would save us a ton of time. Um, we'd bring someone else in.
0: That's cool. What do your parents do?
1: Uh, my dad's in like the technology space, so nothing like this at all. (laughs) Um, yeah. And And my mom's at home. She's at home.
0: Okay. Well, where, where do you think this entrepreneur (laughs) sort of bug is kicking in? Uh, I mean, what's making you kind of go even go down this rabbit hole?
1: Oh man. I, I just, like I said, I was just always born with like, it's really the, it's not even the entrepreneur. Like that's just a byproduct of me being, I love working with my hands. Mm-hmm. Like I just love building. I love putting stuff together. Anytime I see a problem, like I'll fix it for myself. Right. Like, uh, I worked, I think when I was like nine years old, I worked for and built my own 3d printer and I just started 3D printing random stuff. Anytime there's a <laughs> tiny problem, like I couldn't set my phone next to my, my bed. So I ended up like 3D printing an own little custom stand that like VHB'd, it like taped to the wall and it like auto held a cable so I could plug my phone in. And I just get some sort of satisfaction from solving small problems. Yeah. And I think where the entrepreneurship and business aspect come in, um, they come in when I realize that I can now solve problems for other people. Sure. Rather than That's myself. Easy. Because right. I've been just solving all these problems for myself, and now you bring in marketing and mm-hmm. polls and stuff, and you can solve much bigger problems for a much bigger set of people.
0: That's awesome. Well, let's flip over to the Kickstarter, which is why we're actually talking. So today, while we're talking, we're on. I'm I'm looking at day 28. Um, but you had a goal of thirty five thousand dollars, and you just crossed that, which is awesome with 324 backers. So that is yes. that's that's awesome. So congrats on uh, getting over that first hump there. But Thank what you. was some of the strategies you were using before you launched the campaign? Just to I don't know if there's any metrics you were looking at, but what was some of the some of the ideas behind going to Kickstarter and and you know trying to get raising this first round of money this way?
1: Um, interesting. We thought Kickstarter would be a perfect market in terms of if you look at the demographics of people who use Kickstarter, it tends to be college students and a little bit past that. And now high school students are moving mm-hmm. into it. So if there is any you know, really good group of people for this product, it's college students and you know, upperclassmen in high school. Sure. So the demographics were right. And we really want a product validation. So, you know, if we cross this board on Kickstarter, we're like, okay, enough people want this thing to to make it a thing. So we're planning on going into retail after Kickstarter. We just didn't know if anyone would want the bag, you know, mm-hmm. anyone outside of our circles, of course, all of our friends were like, oh, I'd buy that thing in a second. Right. But you don't really know if that's what I'm, you know, what the world wants. So Kickstarter was a really, really good tool for that. All we were looking for from Kickstarter was that that backer number was above our, you know, personal friend list, which clearly it is. Like (laughs) we launched. (laughs) Well, maybe a real popular guy. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) even so, even if I did have that many friends, not all of them would spend $65, you know? So it was just amazing. I mean, we launched, uh, truly we expected to get you know, I just crossed my fingers that on day thirty-five, it's a thirty-five-day campaign that we get thirty-five thousand dollars. You know, right. if we're like lucky, if all the stars align. Mm. On day one, we got like twenty-six thousand, which was insane. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. it blew absolutely blew me away.
0: Well, well, to hit that, I mean, what what did you do then? In and in, was there a pre-launch strategies? Basically, what I should say actually, did you were you uh, running Facebook ads or anything like that prior to, or what were you doing before?
1: So, we were told. And we were told by a lot of people that did Kickstarters. We just reached out to them, and uh, and by researching very successful Kickstarters, we learned that there are a few marketing agencies that do a really good job with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they can just collect the right lists of people, send emails out, et cetera, et cetera. And um, the truth is, once again, like we're students, like we at a certain point, like we couldn't afford it at the time, right. so. Once again, we got dirty and did it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like Facebook, you know, Facebook ads, Snapchat ads. The beautiful part about this is like we're students, so we market towards ourselves. So wherever I spend my time, right? Wherever my friends spend their time generally tends to be what a lot of other 18-year-olds spend their time with. So like really small Instagram, like meme pages, for example. Mm-hmm. You, know, a, uh, a, a, you know, a businessman at... Um, I don't want to say any names, but like a businessman at another large competitor at a student backpack store you know might not guess some of these nooks and crannies that Mm -hmm. students are starting to flow into but because we're really updated with student culture and all that we can really understand where students spend their time so we took advantage of that stuff a lot of really low players for not a lot of money and then facebook instagram snapchat um ads and we're we're running those right now but i think Think we we might no promises, but we might be able to now that we've passed our goal partner with a marketing agency, sure. and we'll see how that goes.
0: Sure. How did the Snapchat ads work? You're the first person that I've ever had discuss them. I mean, I've looked into them, I've done, I've ran some, but in terms of, of Kickstarters, what were some of the metrics, or just what were you looking at, or do you just want to have a presence on that platform?
1: Uh, the the presence was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, in every every person I talk to spends a ton of time on Snapchat. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know the percentage of American American, like 24 to 16 year olds on Snapchat. That's our demographic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's huge. And uh, people tend to like marketing on, on Snapchat's still really new. Yeah. I'm sure you know that mm-hmm. like they're having ad issues right now, trying to, I mean like Snapchat's still really working out their, uh, their whole pricing model, but it was really good just for getting in front of people and you have to know how to do it right because mm-hmm. Snapchat is a lot different from Instagram and Facebook in terms of people's attention span. Yep. And we know that a lot. Like when we see a lot of ads on Snapchat, you'll click through it instantly, right? You're just watching something and you just tap right through it. So you have to know where to place the ads and like the discoverables and stuff. But uh our rate on our, our return on interest was actually pretty good with Snapchat.
0: It's mm, interesting. That's that's intriguing. I haven't Frankly, I haven't thought about it, but I haven't had any products that I would probably go after just a high school or a kid's in terms of Kickstarter. So it's intriguing. Um, very interesting. So, you know, right now with 28 days to go, I mean, you mentioned a little bit that you may be working with other agency or whatever that might be. Uh, but what else do you see kind of happening to keep the momentum going? Because you definitely want the thing to go this way, right? So what kind yeah. of strategies are you kind of looking at to, to keep the momentum going?
1: Uh, a lot of guerrilla marketing. So I'm, I'm in LA right now. And, uh, that's, that's where we're based. And there's a lot of, you know, colleges around here, U, USC, UCLA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I can get away with just printing a million flyers <laughs> and running on can I mean, like I, I, you know, I'm an 18 yeah. year old kid. I can do yeah. that. Who right, cares right. if I get yeah. yelled at? right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you really just that stuff, that's really good. Um, we're starting to send bags to a lot of small, uh, like medium size, um, YouTube influencers mm-hmm. and Instagram influencers. Um, so.
0: Is there like a request that when you, when you're doing that sort of strategy and you're looking for influencers is, you know, do you, do you have sort of a outcome in mind or you just send it and see what happens?
1: Uh, I mean, we're, we're still new to this, right? So like <laughs> more than half of our emails are just no responses. Cause right. I'm sure we're like wording them wrong or mm-hmm. like it's not coming from an ad ad agency, but, um, we really would just love to know what what people really think of the bag, like right. getting credible reviews on the bag. And, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a certain like re- return on interest mm-hmm. or anything. Um, we're really just looking to get the bag out in the world. That's Part cool. of the pricing structures like that as well. Like John and I intentionally made, um, our profits off each bag super low just to make the price as low as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, like if, if this bag was to get the same, um, I don't know, same profit percent as like JanSport, Sport, for example, this thing would have to be way over $100. Right, um, right. But we priced it way below that because our satisfaction currently in life, like I've got a <laughs> roof over my head and food on, <laughs> yeah. on the table, thanks to my parents. <laughs> to my mom. Um, but the point is like, I don't, I don't have to pay for that stuff right now. right? So I can forward those cost savings onto all of the customers. And uh, the majority of my satisfaction is going to be monetary. It's going to be from going to a college next year and seeing the bag on some random strangers back.
0: Right. Well, the other thing too, that um, this is why we always encourage everybody to do a Kickstarter is um, you will probably have other designs down the road or something else. So as long as you have that track record, you at some point might have a $250 thing, whatever it might be right where you have your profits in there. Um, but if you've built up this goodwill, you built up a good database, good emails and people believe in you and are following you. because again these 324 backers are, you're in, I mean, they're your street team right now. They, they believe in this idea. That's really where the long haul is. So the position you're in is what we actually tell a lot of clients as well of like, you know, don't try to make all your money on the first go round, like be cool. It's a long tail approach. So it sounds like you're kind of thinking that same way where you're, Hey, it's, there's going to be more down the road. Trust yourself. You'll know you have other products down the uh, next year, two years from now, whatever it might be. So
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: So is there any? Has there been anything weird behind the scenes um, in your dashboard where you're like, wow, we have a whole bunch of shipment to Japan or something? Where you're uh, saying, I wasn't expecting that. So, yeah,
1: New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. It's a funny question. I yeah. you you've ran
0: a few kickstarters. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've you, seen yeah. weird things where I'm like, well, that's odd. I wasn't. That's so
1: funny. That. Yeah, it's, New Zealand. It's like. Yeah. What? <laughs>
0: right. Weird. That is just, interesting.
1: Just New Zealand kids. Maybe they like the colors.
0: Wow. That's weird. I wouldn't have thought New Zealand. All right. Intriguing. Intriguing either. Um, well, that's cool. So what kind of do you see as maybe like the, the one year plan is this, is this where you want to work and just continue to make backpack designs or products for kids? Where do you kind of see the next um, year, or two years going for you? <sighs>
1: that's a big one. <laughs> um, Wow it it totally depends on on where the Kickstarter sits, um, what we end with, how much inventory we can build up, and then ultimately when we move into retail, if uh, if we still experience the same desire for the product as we have right now on Kickstarter. So if if this is doing really well, um, we're going to really improve on this, improve on Prova, and um, I think what it is for me is just really, really, really leveraging my unique place as a student and my unique place as a young entrepreneur to continue to solve problems in my age group. Mm-hmm. So I think that's super important. You're, you're not going to find a, you know, you're not going to find like a 60 year old making Tinder. Right. It's a college student, of yeah. course. Right. Facebook, yeah. college student, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, like a retirement fund, that's not going to be a college student. Of <laughs> right. course. Right. So like, when you look into backpacks, you're like, hold up. Like, you know, the, that company, started as a hiking company that other company started as a skiing company you know, and they're all like you know, none of them have been to school like mm-hmm. actually using a backpack in school for a while right so you you start to realize that the best products are made by people who experience the problems no. yeah yeah so i i just i really believe in that like mm-hmm. i believe in that with my heart so I'm going to continue to solve problems that I experience.
0: And and do you see that maybe even being five years or so out? I mean, is this something where you see that yourself, like constantly creating companies or taking these skill sets and maybe working for somebody else? I mean, what I know it's early, but what would be some of these plans that you can envision, or or maybe even like, hey, you would you know, you sell this company to somebody else and then you create another one? Yeah. Where, where do you kind of see the the whole game kind of playing out a little bit?
1: Um, I am super passionate about robotics right now. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty much my whole life. Fre- freshman year, actually, I won the world robotics championship, the skills portion of it. And it's like out of a hundred thousand students. So like I'm that level of dedication. Like I, I dedicate up to three to four hours a day, just building robots. So when it comes down to like yeah. merging things that I'm passionate about and that I really want to start a future in, um, it's, probably going to be around building a, a company in like the technology space or like the mechatronics space in the future. I want mm. to go to school for applied physics or mechanical engineering, um, potentially do business school um, if I'm lucky enough. And then and then really move into changing the world of the robots. I really That's think awesome. it's the future, especially with electric cars. I'm really into the automotive industry and it's all lining up perfectly for me right now. Like mm. The time I leave college, electric cars robotic cars and, um, in technology, all this stuff is going to merge together. Yeah. And I think I'm going to be in the perfect place for it.
0: That's awesome. I got, don't let me forget. Um, I need to connect you with a guy. Uh, one of my best buddies is the PR person for a robotics company here in Ann Arbor. Um, really? and yeah, he would love to chat with you. He is all about this stuff. He, it's a pretty big robotic firm. Um, you know what it's called? uh no uh (laughs) because it's just like a weird name but i will i will connect you guys no matter what because uh um i actually just saw i I was on twitter with him earlier he was chatting he was he got interviewed uh for some robotics Uh, oh yeah he he's well he he, he'd be he'd be you would enjoy his conversations in a nutshell so well let's let's we'll bring it back to here so we'll finish up this conversation here in just a minute but you know you've got 28 days to go you've got about two weeks, 10 to 14 days when the money all drops and all that sort of stuff and it all kind of shakes out. But what starts the process after that? How do you get these backpacks in all your backers' hands? What what starts for you?
1: It, this was huge for us. Being able to validate to all of our customers that we're going to deliver this product. Uh, it's especially hot on Kickstarter with like the coolest cooler and stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of stories out there yep. <laughs> with people not being able to deliver. So you take that aspect of it, us launching on Kickstarter, And then you take the aspect that we are a group of kids, right? And we knew going into this that that's going to turn a lot of people off. So we really, really, really made sure to be prepared on this. Uh, So everything's already set up. So when when that, you know, when the money drops, uh, we're even today we're uh, contacting the factory and materials have already been ordered for the bags, Um, at least like the initial like bulk custom order bags. So. Mm That, like I, I went to Shaman China to our factory to make sure that it's a real factory, with real people and real <laughs> yeah. workers making our bags. So when we say, "Hey, make our bag," it, there are no problems there. Uh, we've got a really good connection with them. I've, I've uh, a mentor who's been helping us um, has worked with them for. A couple years now. So the truth is like, we've already made dozens of bags. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, they're shipping out to influencers mm-hmm. um, all over the place right now. We've tested them. They exist. Like these bags exist right now. It's right. not like it's an idea on paper that we happen to like CAD up or sketch <laughs> up and right. we use some Photoshop to like <laughs> put that strap on this thing. Like this, this isn't a picture. There's <laughs> a physical bag. <laughs> like, yeah. It's look, no Photoshop here. So like these exist. And all we have to do is give one email to our factory and everything's set up. Like logistics, like we have all the companies already set up for all that.
0: That's cool. Very, very awesome. Well, where can people find more information? How how do they kind of dive into your world outside of Kickstarter? How can they follow you guys and and learn about stuff?
1: Okay, absolutely. So our website is provadesign.com, P-R-O-V-A. Um, and then you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Cameron Schiller. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Cameron Schiller. <laughs> I, I, I don't know my Snapchat <laughs> handle, but, but, uh, you can follow my robotics Instagram. If any of your listeners recognize yeah. me through robotics, um, I have over a quarter million views, which is like not a ton, yeah, but still pretty it, good. <laughs> yeah. I really, I'm, I'm re- like I said, really into robotics. I'm really into movie making. So, that's I've cool. got a bunch of robotic stuff over there. If you want to watch it, that's Cameron Schiller on YouTube. It should just pop right up. Yeah. Um, follow me through those channels. I'd love it. You can follow our uh, uh, Prova Instagram. Just look up Prova Design.
0: That's awesome. Well, Cameron, you got a great product here. I was very excited for this conversation. I'm glad we could connect. And uh, and I wish you nothing but success over the next few weeks here or so. And then obviously in the future, in your new products, this is awesome and uh, continued good luck, man.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate right. the call.
0: Thanks, man. Have a good one. All right. Peace. Bye. Give it to me. All right, guys. I told you that was an awesome, awesome conversation. So again, um, Cameron, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know, you know, with an active campaign, there's a lot going on, a lot of plates being spun. But I really, really appreciate it, and I hope everybody out there uh, goes and becomes a Gawker backer for this campaign and supports it and uh, supports what Cam. Uh, maybe even connect with Cameron. I know he- he'd be into that as well. So connect with him, become a backer, and uh, yeah, thanks again so much for the, uh, for you taking your time for this interview. Um, all right. With that said, the song we're listening to is a song called Chemical street it's a little bit more uh more sexy more more uh you know more upbeat um and it's a song that's on the sugar people collection you can listen to that over on spotify now um some music back from the 2008 days so go enjoy that and uh i'll talk to you guys all next week i you mean, can you give it to me can you give it to me Let us sing, let us rise, don't let us
1: so fine, that's how I like it, that's how I like it, I take my hand before it's too late, but lay my spot tight, and it won't wait, let's keep it
0: going, I'm not set up slow, we feel like our glasses with champagne, with the windows down, we can't complain, you can call this love with love's envy, I don't know what you really you, man, baby.